Did the long Halloween underperform? We're going to talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Vigilante Mac and Dirty Nine podcast. We are a part of the Let's Go podcast network. Pop culture without the pop. V39 is back. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nick Zanuck. And joining me, as always, you know him. You love him. I know for a fact you follow him on Twitter. They're the very intellectual Caruso's. We got Nico Caruso and his father, Nicholas Caruso Jr. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Doing great today. It's uh, Toby Maguire's birthday, so I think that we should probably all uh, take the next ten seconds and just reflect on his monumental performance as the original Spider-Man. The goat is back. I, yeah, uh, don't think of it as a moment of silence. Think of it as a moment of respect. So there you go. for a moment the next of five seconds, five seconds only. We will just be quiet for for yeah. just so that us and the audience can just think about Tobey Maguire for five seconds. Let me start it off okay. with great power comes great responsibility. So we might have lost people in that. Yes, seconds. no. But if you're still you with us. <laughs> If you paused or thought your thing wasn't working, no, we're still here. We're, still we're just here. celebrating the greatest uh, Spider-Man, live-action Spider-Man of all time, who will be, um, who will be coming back to our eyes in December, possibly April, and then um, in in the very highly anticipated Damien Chazelle film, uh, starring alongside Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and company, which he will also be executively producing. So shout out to Tobey Maguire, who's making. His return back to Hollywood, the return of the king, not the hit Peter Jackson film, but the return of our king, Toby Maguire. Yeah, and all those paparazzi, you better leave him alone because he will he will knock your camera out of your hand. Just be a kind fan who wants to take a photo with him, and he may and he might wink at you when you ask him if he's in Spider Man No Way Home. Just make sure he doesn't got the black suit on when you approach him. Ooh. Yeah, true. Oof. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait when he saves Tom in a little less than six months from now. Am I right? Oh boy. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> oh man. All right, gentlemen. But that time will come when it comes. And I have a feeling it'll be very, very soon. Just saying. But you know, we'll get there when we get there. Can't wait for that. But guys, we got an animated DC movie that came out widely anticipated DC animated movie. Yes, I'm talking about The Long Halloween. I believe the director was Tim Sheridan. It is based on the iconic Batman novel the uh, by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, The Long Halloween. So I think we're going to do a little bit of review. So this will be a spoiler review. So if you had not had a chance to see The Long Halloween, please make sure you have done so and then come back. Listen to what we have to say if you didn't see it yet. So right off the bat, Mr. C, I want to ask you, was this movie faithful to the source material? You know, pretty much so. I mean, there, you know, they did obviously change something at the ending, which we'll get to, but I thought um, it was pretty close. 
it was uh we've all been anticipating this movie for a long long time no no pun intended there with the long halloween and i was pretty pleased with it overall there's a few things that threw me a little bit but overall i thought it was and again you know it's hard because we don't have the second right so you're you don't know where they're going with it obviously they're going to be a change in the second one and it's just it's just going to that'll give me a better perspective of how much I like or was not satisfied with this first one. This has, um, <clears throat> and I want to talk about that point later. Yep. Uh, I was, uh, we were excited for it. Then the first trailer, we weren't so high on second trailer for the part two. We were very high on. Um, then it, it did um, come out last week. I did a reread prior to it. Was pretty excited. Saw some early reactions from uh, Batman on film and Ryan Lauer, who are big on the story as well. You know, Ryan's the Batman book club guy. He's the knowledge of Dark Knight Library. So I was really excited to see that he liked it. I felt like that was a good, a nice reaction to someone you trust to hear. Um, and I watched it. Me and my dad watched it. Um, what, Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Tuesday when it came out or whatever. Um, and honest to god it was like it was good not great i'll be honest with you i was whelmed um partly because it is and i just said the word partly but it's one part so you have half of it mm-hmm. and it's not like the dark knight returns where there is kind of that was broken yeah. up into two parts but there's two mm-hmm. two kind of different things that happen you yep. know what i mean yep whereas this is like the whole story ends in the second part whereas the dark knight returns there was different yep. things happening with the character with the supporting cast with the joker superman stuff this is the one thing right mm-hmm. and uh hot take uh to make us wait till the end of july and in august if you want the physical is a little bit of a weird choice for this one considering it, it, it does kind of end it's such it's such a detective mystery story that you you know to make you wait it's a little a little a little tough here's my biggest point and i'll get into specifics i think it was actually too i think it was too much like the comic mm. and i'll explain what i mean by that later because there's some technical directing things that i was watching it going why did they do this because there are a couple of times where I was watching it and I was like, there were some technical things that actually for animation, there's things you can do in live action that you can't do in animation. There's things you can do in animation that you can't do in live action. And this is an example of something they chose not to do that animation really needs. I'll explain why. So for me, it was good. Uh, not great. Uh, the second part could completely justify that. We'll see. Um, but that's where I am. It's not one of these where we can argue like under the red hood or, Mm -hmm. you know, flashpoint where the animated one is so good. It's like on par with the reading source material. No, 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 no. That is not, I mean, at least right now, that is not the case here. Mm -hmm. Zeddy, go ahead. Yeah. I got to agree with you guys. You know, I'm on the fence on whether or not I actually really, really liked it or not. I mean, I thought it was good. Not great. Like you guys, I really, really love the story. It's one of my all time favorite stories. So right off the bat, you know, this thing, just needed to be faithful you know and needed i didn't need it to deviate away towards too many things like hush and you know the killing joke i didn't need it to be like that so when i announced it in two parts i was of two minds i'm like okay either they're really treating the source material right and they just didn't want to 
incorporated into like that hour, 15 minutes or whatever, however these movies usually are, because it's such a big story. Or you can take it as they just wanted to do something different with one and the other. Uh, but, you know, with this being, you know, that detective mystery, it was very slow paced. It was some of the technical things I thought were a bit odd, like you guys kind of have to. But I think we'll talk about it. I mean, do I think it's one of the more memorable DC movies? Sure. In the, in the ones that they've done lately, I'd probably watch it again, maybe more than most of them. But I think we'll probably get into some specifics. So, Nico, I'm actually going to kick this one off to you because you already bought up the animation style. So let's kind of stick on that and let's maybe get what you thought on just Jensen Ackles as Batman. Because I know there was yeah. a, lot of, a lot of talk on whether he was a good Batman or not. You know, I thought the animation was fine. It was some things they did with it that I'll get into after because I want to answer your question. I thought Jensen Ackles was pretty good. Uh, sounded like a nice younger Batman, like maybe late 20s a 30 year old batman i thought he was really good he was a surprise for me uh when i saw he was the the name um cast i'm like ooh. i mean i'm used to him playing jason you know mm-hmm. what i mean i'm used to him playing jason and, and arguably the best one they've ever done is you know mm-hmm. under the red hood so i'm like ooh, can he play batman he he changed his voice pretty nicely he it, it was deep not too deep and yeah for for the big part of the long halloween right is it's batman kind of learning how to be a detective he doesn't really have it yet um so I thought it was fitting. The The other two voices I really liked were, uh, I like Troy Baker's Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Troy Baker fan because of The Last of Us and other video game voice work he's done, but I love his Joker. And then um, Catwoman, I, I mean, God rest her soul. I thought she did a really good job. Um, so those were my, and Josh Dumel. <laughs> Josh Dumel's in here. Good old Josh yeah. Dumel is Harvey. Uh, but no, I thought Echoes was pretty good. Nice. Awesome. Mr. C, I want to get your thoughts on what you thought of the pacing of the movie, because I remember that was one of your critiques of the movie. The, the pacing was very slow. And it, it's to the point of where I want to go back and watch all my previous favorites, because the dialogue was delivered at such a snail's pace mm-hmm. that it was distracting to me. Thank you. I was, while I was watching it, I, and again, I wasn't watching it and expecting to hear the exact dialogue that came out of the comic, but I was almost like with my hands gesturing, like, come on, like, is Gordon going to respond? Is Harvey going to respond? And I got to ask you guys, have we seen this to this pace before? Now, I'm going to ask you that, but I'm going to throw you with this. I'm of the mindset that this probably could have been about an hour and 40 minute one shot thing Mm -hmm. that I'm not sure if that's why they did it this way to, to break it up into two parts. I, I, this is one of those marketing things again, where I would love to be in the room and the minds that be are like, Hey, we're going to, this is the long Halloween. This is like one of the biggest, maybe the greatest Batman story of all time. We're going to milk this for everything we can. We're going to give them a part one and a part two. Mm -hmm. I get that. But, and I can't really answer this guy till we see the second one. And I just hope it's not one of those things where I'm like, yeah, you could have just told this thing in like mm-hmm. maybe an hour and a half, like I said, an hour 45 and been done with it. So I don't remember another, I don't remember year one if the pacing, if the dialogue was that deliberate, that slow. It might be closer to year one, actually. 
I'll be honest with you, man. That's one of my, that's one of my two big technical critiques is when I said it was too much like the comic, it, it, it's, you know, the comic you're reading something yeah. and it's at your own pace, like your page turning and, and, and you're reading dialogue, dialogue. There are some weird pauses weird. and weird delays in responding. And this is why I said some things don't work for animation. Cause you can't in live action, people have facial expressions, body language, movement, right? Mm-hmm. In, in animation, you can't do that. So like you're staring at a stale Gordon for three seconds and then he goes, well now we got to find him it's like that doesn't work that doesn't work for me because i'm going his face isn't moving he's a drawing you know he's a drawing uh so there were some moments in there where there's such a lack of dialogue and i'm gonna bring up something else but i want to get zeddy's thoughts on the pacing Mm because i thought once again too much like the comic where Mm -hmm. and i'm a hypocrite because we wanted it to be so faithful and yet sometimes you realize things don't translate well it's such a mystery story it's when until he's in the alley fighting the um fighting the uh group of people Mm -hmm. um it's just pretty let's go to this place and talk 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 then the joker stuff comes later and it's like whoa and that kind of ends let's go to this place and talk and i'm like okay it's it's uh it's a little yeah i don't know it's a little sluggish um, but that's how the comic is, but you know, mm-hmm. so what did you think of the pacing study? Yeah. I mean, clearly they were going for more of a point of view driven, I guess, narrative, I guess is what it felt like it was going sure. for a very detective, very Batman here and there processing thoughts, you know, learning the ropes of everything like that. But I got to agree with you guys. I mean, you know, there were times where even like during that Batman and Catwoman chasing, which I know mm-hmm. was one that is getting praised, but I mean, to not have any like background music. Just in the sense of that, I oh, mean, yeah. it kind of made like that scene maybe ran maybe a minute or two too long for me. Thank you. Excellent point. Thank you for that. Okay, yeah. here's my other point. Just because Ron, I love that you brought that up. That's why I love Zeddy. He's on my same <laughs> wavelength. That scene was so jarring. Jarring is the word I'm using. Was so jarringly awkward for two reasons. One, like you said, it was too long. You can get away with it being too long if there was some sort of subtle music over it. The lack of music in this film mm-hmm. is such a weird misfire for me. It's it's long Halloween. It's mysterious. It's supposed to be creepy. Put in some creepy horns, some creepy strings, right? Not that you not that you need a full on soundtrack like Invincible, but and granted, maybe they really wanted to make you feel like the comic or feel like you're the detective where it's silent. But that chase scene, how there was little to no music until they get on the train, there's a little bit, then they hop off, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And for some of the scenes when they're like seeing the deaths and stuff, like there should have been some music. It's just too quiet. It was There was nothing to engage you. It's like you had to just watch and stare with your eyes. <laughs> and like all the other things that complement scenes to help create an experience a a a a visual or sonic experience for you were not there and i was and that chase scene was the one that made me feel it the most i turned to you i'm like this is awkward Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't like this scene i hope it ends soon it's like Mm -hmm. jump (laughs) and then she like stops and then like it shows him like (laughs) jump land and then she's like and then she turns around and runs it's like (laughs) 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 (laughs
plan. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> is this me jogging in my backyard, like trying to do like my own workouts? Oh man. At least I have some, at least I have some like down with the sickness to pump me up. <laughs> like, man, it was uh our, our future scene. Scarlet Spider admitting that he's training in his I don't, backyard. I, don't. I, yeah. I respect everyone's takes on this film but I, I would love to hear what, what people think of that scene because for me personally that scene was so awkward mm-hmm. ultimately for them to just end up talking in a warehouse just for them to end up talking in a warehouse it, 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 you need a music you need something else anyway that's just me we can move on move on yeah. that's what you told me shout out yeah, to uh, Paul Stanley of Kiss absolutely absolutely you're, you're hitting everyone right between the eyes i love it i love it um yeah so mr c let's let's stay on the overall arching narrative which was the holiday killer which was obviously what everybody was watching this movie for did they nail the holiday killer story so and obviously yes the one thing we had was that joker was incorporated in the movie which at the one time i don't think was toward at the very very end which was very misleading yeah like for some people so let's get let's talk about the holiday killer and then let's maybe end with joker and the way he was used in the movie yeah the the i i, I was happy with what they did i mean look you guys will talk about the end of course the, the one thing they did deviate i think i think for me like that all kind of worked i did think it was awkward though when it ended what are we on four right four okay so it so it ends with four killings um and again, this is another situation with me where I don't know if it was for pacing or how they decided to do that. Um, I was also struck with, because of what happened at the end now, you're, you're scratching your head, right? And you're, and you're trying to figure out where are they going with this? And I think that Harvey's wife is, is different than the comic, right? I mean, in the comic, she's a much more loving and caretaking wife. Here, she's just flat out creepy. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a misdirect because it's kind of obvious, right? I mean, I, I that's the way I'm looking at it right now. So, like, once again, it's really hard for me to sit here, Nick, Nick Z, and tell you that they nailed it right or they didn't because I don't know what's to come. Yeah. Um, and again, I got no problem. It, it, it's with how they want to take it. It's just how they're going to do it. You know, the Joker thing to me is, you know, I mean – I really sound like I'm negative on this movie because I, know, I did, I, I did enjoy it for what it is, but it's still nowhere near as good as the adaptation. The it's, I mean, it's still nowhere as good as the original story. The Joker thing is the Joker, and it's like I know he's in the story, but probably still a little too much Joker for me. Even though I like what's his name, Troy, Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Yeah, I like his performance and all that, but been there seen the joker do this before um i don't know i i i could have done without that joker sequence you know um the 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 only four killings was an interesting choice because like we said we have one more part left how much are they going to pack in are we going to skip kills um yeah i mean are they really going to put are we going to skip kills? Is there going to be a yeah. time jump where they go, oh, he killed three or four more, and now mm-hmm. we're back in, like, August? You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Uh, towards towards the end of the story. I will say, um, the just to come on and say it, because you asked, you know, what do we think of the holiday, how, how they're doing the story. It's interesting because they're doing the, the thing we were weary 
of them doing with these adaptations is they start changing stuff Mm -hmm. so that we can't predict it. So to me, I mean, Alberto pretty much dead, dead, right? Yeah. He pretty much dead, dead, his body all cut up there. So unless they really do some Houdini magic, exactly right. Cause they play with that in the comic, of course, but I don't, not the whole Mm -hmm. chopped up body nonsense, big dead, dead right there. Oh no, it's Um, hush. It's hush so, early. So <laughs> the thing is this, right? They um they were telegraphing him a lot in here, right? That okay, he's clearly mad. Yeah, at of course, Roman. right? Yeah. So like, okay, you then when you kill him at the end, it's like, oh, it won't be him. Mm-hmm. Okay. People who read the book had one idea. People who haven't and are just watching this are like, oh, it won't be this kid. I agree with my dad, and I have a theory. Zeddy, tell me what you think about this theory. So Gilda's very also telegraphed in here. Yeah, very much. Like something's wrong. Yeah, she's off. Uh, like something's, something's pretty <laughs> off. I mean, God for I mean, the poor woman. I know it's yeah. tough to be in Gotham. It's tough when your husband <laughs> is in, in danger all day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so what I think they might do is, you know how like, in at the ending of the long Halloween, it's very ambiguous yep. on who the holiday killer and the common belief, or not the common, the a popular belief that's heavily teased and has been debated over the years is was Gilda involved? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I wonder if because these movies like to be a little bit more direct, I wonder if they are gonna do like they're gonna do a whole uh justice for the readers thing like a fun nod to you if you're the comic reader and say in our version it is gilda you know what i mean yeah you know or she's one of them or she's one of them because they also play mm-hmm. around in the book there was multiple oh, sure, um sure. that could be cool at the same time they're really telegraphing it i will say the person at the end is clearly a man yeah, of course. Clearly yeah. a man. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean there's not multiple. It doesn't either. mean there's yeah, not multiple. Right, so right. I wonder if it's going to be like, ooh, it, it was the dense, you know? It yeah. Was yes. the dense. Yeah. My whole fear is please, dear God, do not make it like another character in Batman. Don't be like, and it was the Mad Hatter. Like, do not do that nonsense. Or, oh my gosh, it wasn't Tommy <laughs> Elliot in Hush. But now it's Tommy Elliot in the long Halloween when we haven't met him. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with the holiday killer. But all I know is this. It has the potential to only be great or awful. There's no in between. Yeah. <laughs> just just because yeah, that's just, how these yeah, things have been, yeah, right? That's how right. with Hush it happened with, you know, with what they did at the beginning of Killing Joke. My faith in them executing some of these uh, liberties they're taking have not been hot lately. And mm. for me, the Alberto reveal in the comic is huge because they hide it better. So now that they, it seems like got him out of the way. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're asking us to buy into something that maybe we haven't seen or a different character, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so love that Solomon Grundy got some Thanksgiving dinner though from bats. Love oh, that. Yeah. Big fan of that. Big fan. I would watch a whole short of that of just him eating dinner in the sewers. <laughs> I'm down for that, like heavily. But so that's me, Zeddy, as someone who also loves the long Halloween yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a big Jim Loeb and Tim Sale guy historically. Anyway, uh, what is your thought on how they're handling this holiday killer, brother? 
Yeah, I thought it was very unique, of course, too, right? And like, obviously, you know, already the, the pacing was very, very slow. So while I wasn't really expecting the identity of the Holiday Killer right off the bat, I was kind of on the, on the fence of, okay, so it's probably it's the dense. Yeah, it's it's Mephisto <laughs> making his animated debut. Uh, there you Pretty go. Uh, but yeah, I, of course, the whole time I'm like, man, so it's one of the dents because they're clearly justifying both of them. Mm-hmm. To have reasons to why they could be the killer and why one of them isn't. Maybe they're in cahoots with one another. Maybe they're trying to, you know, I don't know, flip flip on one another. I don't know. Uh, but if it happens to be one of the villains that he just put away in Arkham Med escaped and Batman had no idea because he's still young in his career, I think that's dumb. I think it's got to be either... Because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing, like, where he met Calendar Man, too, I thought was pretty huge. Like, it was I, very, very was mysterious. Great. So. Was- freaking calendar man was awesome and he, yeah that was fun that was a cool part i liked yeah. i wish he was in it more hopefully in, in part two there's even more more oh. more Say it. <laughs> so uh yeah so i you know i mean i'm, I'm into this you know who do they reveal i mean they got some big shoes to fill now especially with the way that they ended this first movie that was really weird like i'm gonna check the second movie out but like to hook me in August? I don't know, man. I mean, it's. Uh, I would have just released this as one DVD and have one disc on part one and part two of the other. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or put it out directly a month after instead of like late July because it's digital. And here's what's here's here's the weird thing. So it was um, it was either phys- you could have got part one physical or digital same day. Part two, it's digital is available July twenty seventh. And then the physical is not available until two weeks later on August 10th. It's weird. So it's just awkward. It's, 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 they're rolling this thing out weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I like to, you know, I, I would think they would do 22 and then 22 the month later, yeah. not a month and a week and then a month and three weeks. Cause there are people who like, now that we bought the first disc, I kind of want to buy the second disc because i'm a completionist yeah mm-hmm. and then you know, and what are you gonna wait for it to watch digital no, and wait and then no. spend double the so money we're gonna right. watch it exactly. digital and then yeah. probably yeah. not buy the second one or yeah, my, i mean my toxic completionism is gonna have me buy you know both. yeah <laughs> i agree i don't know i like i said zeddy to wrap it i mean i sure it sounds like we've been negative on it i mean i did enjoy it i thought it was good it, it wasn't anything particularly special it's certainly not the caliber of the book yet maybe it will maybe the second one will maybe save maybe it. the second part will be the ultimate maybe the second one will save it uh listen i i'm just a single guy here talking about it i mean i i want them to continue to put these animated you're not movies saying, out you're i mean i'm just one lone voice here you're married but that's how you had me yeah the um i think <laughs> the issue i got is maybe i'm looking at this and wondering like they they're putting out these big adaptations but maybe maybe they should just stick to some original storytelling that's what and and leave these on the shelf because they're best on their best get taken off the shelf to read Mm -hmm. and i i'm almost hypocritical i know we talked to pete and pete from us shout out straight i got them he's like they're damned if they do they're damned if they don't whether they stick to the source material or they don't i just would like to see some more original like new thoughts new takes because some of these stories are just, they just don't translate to animation. They just don't. They just don't. But 
excited for part two, but I'm not gonna say I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. Like I'm not doing countdowns or anything. I'm not. When no. it comes out, I'll go. Oh yeah, hey dad, yeah, part right, two's yeah. out today. Yeah. You're not putting it. an X on your calendar as each day goes. No, by. no, no. Not going to see Calendar Man to talk to him about. So when part two comes out, you will be doing a review for the Vigilante 1939, yeah. won't you? Oh lord. And I think you guys are gonna like this one better. I would think so. No, you know. Yeah. And also, shout out to that guy whose name I can never. David, pronounce. oh god, yeah, David DeMoss, the, the playing polka dot man, baby, king of DC, king of DC, and Dark Knight appeared on The Flash, was in some Marvel property at some point. It's gonna be a polka dot man, he's the voice yeah. of this. This guy's like the king of DC. I love him, I love this guy. I hope he doesn't die in the Suicide Squad. He does, yeah. Oh lord, which uh, we got we got a very something exciting for the Suicide Squad that we're gonna be promoting very, very soon. So, oh yeah. Be on the lookout. That, that was a great, great nod. But yeah, I think let's probably wrap out on Long Halloween, guys. I mean, you know, part two will come when it comes. We'll talk about it when when it comes, maybe, and then we'll we'll go from there. But let's jump into the uh, MCU right now, guys. Let's talk about the King of Marvel at the moment, which is uh, Loki. So we got episode three here. Our guy Nico's been reviewing the show, and uh, we've all been watching. We've all been loving it. So Nico, kick us off here. What what did you think about episode three of Loki? So spoilers. Same thing for Long Halloween. Of course. Just pardon my French here. I had a fucking ball with episode three, man. I am loving this show so much. And why I am loving it so much, and let's throw the word hype, hy- hyperbolic out of the window. And Zeddy, you said this perfectly. And Dad, you said it too. This was the show that when it was announced, I said, we do not need this. Let Hiddleston move on. And Hiddleston, yourself, move on. You're a good enough actor. You will find work one day. People have these revivals. Toby's coming back after after eight years of not acting. He's coming back. He technically did voice work in Boss Baby, but whatever. And he was on a show in 2014 for like an episode. But anyway, you know what I mean. Let him move on. The trailers were cool, but I was still like, ah, am I going to be this excited for Loki? Three episodes in, my love for this iteration of the character is at an all-time high. They're doing something totally different, totally fresh. They gave you a new, super cool uh, world, not world, a, a new super cool facet of the MCU with the TVA and timelines and stuff that we haven't seen. They're explaining it pretty well. You know, it's 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 there's clearly some setup for the future. And man, he is so charming. And the addition of Sylvie, which is Sophia Martini. Yes. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Some people will say, and I have seen, there's, there's the two people, right? There's the, it was boring. It stalled the story. Or there was, this was such great character work. I loved it. I'm mm-hmm. on that one. This was such great character work for them both. Because the writing, Michael Waldron, man, I am more excited each day. The fact that he gets to do this for a season two and that he wrote Dr. Strange too with, uh, or he was consulting with Raimi on it. Ooh, ooh, because the, the lines, the situations they're putting these characters in is wonderful with three more episodes. Does it feel like this one was a little bit of a one-off? Sure. But I got so much great development for this guy that like my buy-in for his last three are outstanding. And I will say this. I love the fact that Loki is bisexual. We have a first bisexual character. I love that. I love that for representation. I think that's great. And I'm glad it's Loki is the character. 
Haters can be mad. Haters cry. Go ahead and cry. Save your tears for another day. Shout out to the weekend. Um, I love it. I love it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a ball at this show. Uh, this one was really fun. And visually, this one was really cool. Yeah. On, 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 on the different planet, more world building, more time travel. It's, it's fun. I'm having a blast with Loki. It was my favorite superhero content of the last three weeks in a row. Um, it, it beats everything else that comes out during the week. Nice. Mr. C, how are you liking uh, Loki? I'm really digging it. I uh, I was worried this episode because we didn't have because the dynamic between him and Owen Wilson has been so great, and I I knew we weren't going to have Owen, but boy, Lady Loki picked up that and ran with it and took it even like a little bit further. So again, not to just repeat everything Nick says, I can't believe how interested and how engaged I am with this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's Michael Waldron. You said is the writer, yeah. right? I mean, the dialogue, what they're giving these actors to work with is a plus material Mm -hmm. and the performances that they're carrying it out with is a plus material. And the show works best, even with the non-action, like the action is almost like so secondary in nature to me. The dialogue, like I said, they're giving the, the going back and forth that trying to get a little bit out of each of them. That play was great. Like trying to earn each other's trust when Mm -hmm. they're never really going to, Mm -hmm. but trying to, the one upsmanship, if you will, between the two of them is just so cool. The, when they were sitting down and they had the dialogue in in the bar or whatever that Mm -hmm. was in the, in the, Mm -hmm. so, and then the one thing of course that made the episode like unbelievably cool for me was the revelation that, this whole TVA is such a mystery. Yes. And it's probably not who they've explained who it is, which we kind of know that we're hoping that anyway, but for them early on here in the third episode to kind of give us that little tidbit of these are kind of regular people. Yep. And I, I started thinking about like Loki's going to have to save Owen Wilson or maybe to get him to snap out of it. And like where the show could go, not only, for the show itself and the characters, but then also what it means for the phase of the next big MCU phase. So I'm all in on Loki. I, I came in so lukewarm and I am, again, it's, it's today we're recording this on a Sunday. I'm eagerly waiting for the next episode. And I like that you brought that uh, as I just burp. I like how you brought that up because, and I'm not saying anyone's wrong, but for the people who are saying it stalled the story, no, that's a huge reveal. Didn't stall the story. No. And the way they begin the episode with Sylvie and the one guard who they were like acting like friends and she channeled a memory of yeah, her when was she was great. at a bar with her friend and put herself there. I was genius because they're teasing. They tease before and they bring the reveal later. You know, if these are all re- regular people who work for the TVA, it's this whole variant idea the world building. It's so interesting mm. to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost more interesting than what they're doing with the scrolls right now. Cause you're like, who's a variant? Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. a TVA person? What, where was Owen Wilson before this? And more importantly, can he stick around post mm. the show? Please, dear Lord, please. And like, who's miss minutes is Tara strong. Actually somebody, you know, mm-hmm. you never know. Mm. I'm at the ball. Zeddy, how about you? Cause I yeah. noticed you were a little bit more like when we were talking about, it, I'm like, I loved it. And you're like, yeah, I thought it was solid, but you like the first two better. Tell me mm-hmm. why. So I could educate, you know, I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, because I actually did do another second we watched because I was like, why didn't I like this on the level of the other two? Like, it's great. Like, I'm having a ball with this show, right? And I think I told Nico, I was like, even if it wasn't my favorite episode, the writing is just so spectacular. Mm -hmm. And it almost doesn't matter if it's a slower episode than the other two or not as action heavy. Sometimes you don't need that. Sometimes you just need an episode that's well written and everything else will kind of fall into place. But like, even the development, man, you know, that we've we talked about it before, like the character development in these Disney Plus shows is just A1A. And it's why it's why we prefer these shows right now. And, you know, not to give myself a little pen on the back, but I remember when we did our premiere breakdown with the nerd room, I said, I don't think the TVA is what they are. I think it's going to be like Sword. And I think Owen Wilson isn't oh, isn't what he says he is. So I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but sometimes I, I can. I thought he forgot that he. Yeah, I thought you forgot that you called that, so I could lie and say I called that, but you yep. clearly remember. Damn you! Yep. Damn you! And damn you and your powers! <laughs> damn you! I was like, powers. I'm gonna say I remembered that. The power of Zeddy. I said that. The power of Zeddy. No, dude, great call by you, and I like it too because I was, you know, we're 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 weary of the twist villain for the MCU, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But I, this one is cool because it's a different world, man. There's a whole different realm they could go, which is probably gonna play into Kang. Yeah. Um, the conquer the other thing cool about this too is like i could give a rat's ass of like who's there's no one really being teased yeah and like i don't yeah. really care like even in falcon winter soldier they're like oh somebody surprising is gonna come like i'm not if they're doing that with this show i'm not really hearing it or paying attention and they did i don't care i but don't care a big one was i think sylvie was like yeah. loki and sure, i think yeah. that's cool because it's not someone we've known mm-hmm. and sure. they actually showed up you know what I mean? I'm glad that they didn't keep her hooded till episode five. You know, yeah. they actually sh- they actually showed up for once. So one person, yeah. the one reveal showed up. We'll see these next three. But I am a just like yeah. Zeddy says, Loki is appointment TV for me. Yeah. Well, and you know, it makes you feel like a character too. Right? Like, had they kind of milked the review out and then they reveal, it's like, okay, well, she may come back, she might not come back. Yeah. At least now that they did her early, they can develop her, and it's kind of ambiguous whether or not she shows up in other stuff or not. And if she didn't, she at least got great development as a important character in Marvel comics, I would still think, but you know, well said. And and what's interesting is that you're seeing variants can be different genders. Mm. It can look different. It's not just a bunch of Tom Hiddleston's in the universe. This, mm. I think there's more implications for a couple movies, i.e. Spider-Man No Way Home, i.e. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. We're seeing, oh, it's not just they they look the exact same in different realities. They might be different altogether. And what's interesting is she doesn't want to be Loki. She yeah. doesn't. So she's a variant that doesn't like it, that doesn't like things about it. She has a different, some, some different things happen to her parents, etc. Uh, so... That is not only cool for her character because it makes her so different. She's not just like a carbon cut of him, but different. She's a hundred percent a different character. The potential for what they're going to do with variations of characters in the future as the multiverse expands now more interesting. That's why you might get, you know, a Joaquin Phoenix, Doc Strange. You know, you might get, mm. um, you might get a female version of some characters, a male version of some. Well, that would be weird. Like a male version. <laughs> Can sure. you imagine like a male version of like Black Widow? It's just like some dude doing like acrobat stuff, like Nightwing. Yeah, um, that could be cool. But so there's so but there's so many goodies in this episode, including a big a big reveal that did serve the plot incredibly well. Yeah, I mean this guy, this Michael Waldron. What what? And, and then we'll get off this. But he he's developing. Like obviously we all know Loki, but. 
like with Owen Wilson and with Sylvie, like he's developing these characters like quickly. Yeah. Um, it's very impressive. It's impressive. It's not taking like four episodes or five episodes. I mean, boom, these are not people we know before. This isn't, this isn't Bucky. This isn't Sam. This isn't, this isn't Wanda. This isn't vision. Right. Um, and he's just quickly told you so much about Owen and about Sylvie that these are two great new characters that I do hope stick around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only one thing that I did want to say is, you know, those two were clearly like mirroring like a Batman and Joker for me mm, too, yeah. in a sense where, yep. you know, they were using each other in the beginning and then there's always that one time where they need each other for something and then they come together for it. And then it's almost like it's a love hate relationship, but then sometimes they, you know, you're able to find common ground and everything goes from there. So we'll see, but yeah, I mean, the writing is just, outstanding and you know we got three more to go i'm sure it's going to deliver uh it's appointment tv as i always say so one wednesday still a weird day but mm-hmm. we're always we're always logging up that disney plus wait, waiting to watch it so but there you go so we'll be back with episode four and uh be on the lookout for nico's review of episode three on the let's go podcast thank uh, you. website so www.letsgopodcast.com thank you no problem all right guys let's move on to the other main chunk of the show here fun so, topic today Yes, we are going to be doing movies that underperformed that we thought should have performed better. So, and ones that we love. So it's yes. movies that we love, that we personally love, that underperformed at the box office, wish they did better. Um, we all have our own three. Mm-hmm. Some of them we know, some of them we don't, but we had a nice, a nice um, way we came up with this. So. Yeah. And we're and we're not reviewing these movies. No, no, so you guys, you guys have seen them. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not even that these movies were like complete like disasters or flops. It's just they they were pretty solid movies, and I think the consensus is that they should have resonated more. Yes, at the time they came out, and some of these movies are beloved after they've come out. They've kind of grown into a life for their own. So this is a fun topic. Very fun topic. I'm actually so I'm actually gonna stick with you, Mr. C. So let's do Captain America the first Avenger, uh, which made 370.6 million at the box office. Why do you think Captain America the first Avenger underperformed? Because now Captain America came out obviously after Iron Man, and was it after Thor or before Thor? After Thor. Okay. That this is I need refreshment on. I absolutely love Captain America the first Avenger. I think it is. In, in, it's in my top three or four Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. It's such a wonderful story. And again, for somebody like me, who's read Captain America was right out of the comic books. The performances were legendary. And I remember when I walked out of this movie, I was like, this is like better than Iron Man. And it's like, it's not even in the same Thor's not even in the same like territory with this movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the review on our local station and they kind of gave it a, a fair, not as nowhere near as good as Iron Man, probably on par with Thor. And again, in my, in my quest to want to see more of these movies, I, I, the box office follower that I am follow the box office. And I was very disappointed that this came in less far less than Iron Man and even less than Thor, right? Even less than Thor. And yeah. I couldn't understand that. And I, I was wondering if it was, because it was a war movie. I, I, I thought Chris Evans was phenomenal. And I'm like, was it too soon for him after the human torch? And I just was remember being like, 
why did this movie not resonate with the mainstream more? Obviously, as time goes on, we see how his character grew and he became a legend. He became and his films. Right. But for the initial start, man, if anybody's listening to this and you love all those and you never really saw this movie, this is where it all begins. And it's just a great superhero origin movie of, to me, the greatest character besides Spider-Man in the MCU. Mm -hmm. So did you want to follow that up? Oh, no, no, no. We no, got we'll our, take own our own film. Yeah. Okay, so we sure. move along. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then let's do. Uh... Actually, Nico, I'm going to stick with you. Let's do Blade Runner 2049, which yeah, made 160.5. One of the million best at the box office. One of the best sequels of all time. It's better than the original Blade Runner. Yes, I said that. I firmly believe that it's better than than Blade Runner. What what Denny did with this movie is awesome. Visually, it's outstanding. It, 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 it. And introduce the world to Ana de Armas. Our welcome. Thank you. And Ryan Gosling, man, it's a good sci-fi film. It's great. And it's so weird because you had Jared Leto in there. You had a lot of names. You had a nice cameo from Dave Bautista in there. It had some star power, mm. especially with Gosling, you know, coming off of, he was coming off of La La Land and stuff where, you know, that was one of the biggest movies that year. Um, man, it was so good. And I'm like, no one saw it. And I'm surprised Blade Runner is is regarded in the history of cinema as being a pretty important movie. Mm -hmm. It has a big following. I'm surprised no one came back for it. Or maybe it was only the fans who came back for it and no one knew was like, mm -hmm. oh. Critically, it did well, right? I mean, critically, it was yeah. out, and it had the critics, but it just didn't get people in the theater. And I wonder, that's, that's my only fear with Dune. Even though Dune looks epic and bigger in scale mm -hmm. and you have only star power in the movie not just some actors but denny villanoi like he's a, he's one of the best directors in the game right now but he don't he doesn't have that box office mm -hmm. and dune really needs to be big if because what they want to do with it is two films and a tv show that connects man i'm sure they're gonna do all those but it, it, it dune needs to perform because mm -hmm. because the talent and quality like i already know dune's gonna probably be really great i just mm -hmm. hope people see it um, because Dune, while it, while it's not as accessible as Star Wars, um, it's it's going to be a I think a very fun thing people are going to like to talk about and watch. So, mine, dude, one of mine is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Man, it's uh, it's it's that's a good that's a great time. It's a great time for cinema. It should have made a lot more money. In my humble, I wish it made a lot more money. In my humble opinion, I wish it wasn't because it technically is considered a flop. Mm -hmm. financially it is it, it it was considered a flop mm. which is a that movie should not be a flop there you go from the box office standpoint i agree on everything you guys said on those two so the one that i'm going to kick off with is actually a very puzzling one which is 2005's batman begins directed mm. by christopher nolan i'm glad you picked this one harold is one of the greatest origin movies of all time if not the greatest uh, this movie, so I can get a refresher here, only made $376 million at the box office. Of course, I'm counting United States domestic uh, for all these. When I say box office, I'm just so everybody can get a clarification. This is all just United States domestic. Uh, but yeah, I'm really confused about this movie because, you know, Christopher Nolan obviously directed probably the hottest guy in the game right now that could have probably done Batman, Christian Bale. 
uh, Cillian Murphy, the whole cast, just, you know, uh, Liam Neeson is the villain. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering why this movie really didn't resonate. I mean, I thought people wanted more Batman and I thought it was a damn good movie. It still ages incredibly well for me. I still think that it's the greatest origin of all time. I don't think this movie deserved to make over 300 million. I think it maybe not a billion at the time, but I mean, Batman should never make less than 500 million at least. I mean, 800 at the very, the very minimum, I would think so. Hey, real quick, Zeddy, you know, that box office, that's the total box office. Yeah. That's worldwide box office. Um, so it's I, worse. <laughs> yeah, it's worse. Yeah. I have to interject here just real quick. Cause this one fascinates me too. Cause we both had this on our list and then, and then, you know, we decided you're going to talk about it. Sure. Um, it's, it's really bizarre for me because it, it, I think it was still suffering from the the hangover effect of Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. And I don't think people understood the scope of what this movie, how great it was going to be. And then, Zed, I think that it just, it's just a weird thing, like where there wasn't a lot of buzz for this movie with the mm-hmm. mainstream because of that. And even some of the Batman purists, I think, didn't just gravitate to it right away. And it was only really after the dark night that this movie then got heralded as being the great masterpiece that it is. Sure. So that's, that's a very puzzling movie because I think some people might listen to us and say, what are you guys crazy? You're, you're calling Batman begins a flop. No, we're not saying it's a flop. What we're saying is that it only took in 370 million and it's sequel did a billion dollars. It did three times the amount and the third movie it just wasn't, I think, marketed properly. And people, I think, were scared to get back into the pool to put their foot back into the water with Batman. Especially after Spider-Man was so huge. Spider-Man three was years so prior huge. and right. its sequel the year before. You would think people would be Jones exactly. off of Batman. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man 2 was um, the year before. That's crazy. Damn, we could do a whole show on Begins. Maybe we will one day. Yeah, maybe we will. Close, Especially maybe. because going, yeah. back to our <laughs> going back to our debate, right? Yeah. I mean, if Batman 89 was so big for the character, if you adjust for inflation, I wonder if you adjust for inflation, if it made more or less than 89. Oh, I guess no one wanted to come back for Batman in 05. Yeah, Jeez. No. I mean, it's maybe the 90s hurt. It's maybe the 90s hurt the character so bad. People I didn't think want so. to come out. It do. took Ledger and company to, to, to bring everyone back in 08. Yeah, that's how big of an impact though the Dark Knight has. I just want to go back to that. Three hundred what to a bill? I would love to find that big of a jump between films in history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder if there's. I don't think there's a bigger jump. Someone prove me, please. I mean, you mean from a? I'm saying I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm saying I actually don't. Because Iron Man did over six hundred million. I think the sequel almost did a billion, like seven or eight or eight million or. I'm looking, please, somebody. If there was a bigger jump in film history from three hundred to a billion for a sequel three years later, please tell me. I don't think it's possible. I don't either. Thank God for the Dark Knight. Well, listen, we we gonna we're gonna do something on those movies. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit. You know, we like to talk about pop culture, but really what the Nolan movies did and, and how they transcended a lot of stuff too. So oh, so yeah. where are we next, Mr. Mr. Z? Yeah, no, I think that yeah, that was that's gonna we'll we'll come back to that one. So let's do Mr. C. I'm gonna bring this one back to you. Let's do mm-hmm. solo a Star Wars story, which wow. grossed three hundred ninety-three point wow. two million at the box office. Han solo, Mr. C. Damn, does this hurt me? 
Yeah. It hurts me so this much to this day. It hurts me. I know this movie had a lot of problems, right? They changed directors, right? Mm-hmm. Those two guys got kicked off and then Ron Howard. And, it, yeah. and I think it suffered from that, from the bad buzz, that word of mouth, that this thing is bad. I also think that Harrison Ford is so iconic mm-hmm. that nobody can ever see anybody else playing that role. And I went into this movie, Nick, we saw it. I don't remember who we were with I don't when we saw it, but I remember walking in thinking, well, I'm probably not going to like it. It's going to irritate me. And I walked out of that movie and I had a ball. It was, mm-hmm. it's and that young movie. man, what's his name, Aiden? Alden. I'm Alden. Already, it's such a hard name to say. Yeah, he, he was Reich so good. Has a young Han Solo. You know, the cast, Amelia, Amelia Clark, Clark was good in there, Paul man. Bettany, Woody Harrelson, and, and, and the relationship with Chewbacca, who, you know, I love Chewbacca, yeah. man. He's yeah, my, man. he's my guy, man. And the movie had so much heart and the right amount of action. The story was good. Their it origin. was the origin of the Flag Smashers because Carly's in the movie. <laughs> She's the leader of the rebellion, <laughs> the Flag Smashers. You know, uh, and then you give us Darth Maul at the end. And bro, I was like, oh, unbelievable. Man. You know, oh, the yeah. biggest surprise. And then, and, then I, and, then, and then I saw that little video that was just on Twitter where, where Harrison Ford was complimenting oh, yeah. him. What's his first name? Come Alden. On. Alden. <laughs> About what, him a, Alden. what a great job he did. And it just pains me that, like, I would love for there to be a Disney Plus show where they just do a season, eight episodes of this young man. We also forgot the picture-perfect casting of Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Oh, God, Daniel Glover's a young Lando man. Childish Gambino, baby. You you put these two guys in a nice little, you know, like lethal weapon-ish type heists they say lando's getting a show ah, so maybe we'll see that yeah. cameo oh lando's it. getting a show That's apparently right. apparently yes, yeah. no one knows for sure but apparently yeah. so this one breaks my heart because this is this and i don't know anybody that doesn't like it from yeah. my sister who's a diehard to the guys we see on twitter like I've yeah. never really talked to anybody that saw it. Everyone's like, oh, that movie was really good. It was really fun. Like, are they doing another one? Are they going to do it? So that's enough. Can I can I tell you the two reasons I think it underperformed? Yeah. Go ahead. It was people were like, oh, it's not Harrison Ford. Yeah. And, and we don't need Han Solo. I think if they're going to make anything, like Luke and Sol- Han and Leia were characters that like people were like, hey, I'm not looking to see. I'm telling you, man. The last Jedi negativity was still looming over Star Wars. You're right. Because right. even even though Rise Skywalker still made a billion, it barely made a billion. The Star Wars buzz, talk about a drop from two bill to a bill something to very low to the third film in the trilogy that was bringing everyone back again. Still barely hit a billion dollars. It was that last Jedi. People don't understand still. Whether you like the movie or not, I'm not even arguing the quality. The Last Jedi had a profound negative impact on Star Wars fandom and Star Wars commercially until a lovely show by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. Yeah. <laughs> two seasons, two two years later, yeah. brought, brought everybody back. Yeah. With this cute little Grogu. That's a good point. That's, that's me. But, dude, I freaking love Solo. I, that, is a, that is a darn good 
Star Wars film and a really great sci-fi film. It's what going to the movies is all about. I'm going to end it there. The Kessel Run. Yeah. It was kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah. Semi-underwhelming, but still kind of (laughs) cool. There you go. Han always shoots first, gentlemen. You know who else always, you know who always always shoots first? Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Oh, there it is. Nico, we got Birds of Prey. By Kathy Yan, which only grossed 201.8 million, came out in February. Seemed like a no-brainer, right? To be a smash hit. Why why did it underperform, Nico? So my dad's gonna roll his eyes because he doesn't like the film. Um wait, isn't this Zeddy Steak? No. No, no, no. Oh, this is you. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. He's got all nine. I got you. I sent him my three, you oh, sent him your three. You. So okay. he actually knows all of them. I don't. Okay, okay. Um uh, <laughs> but I knew he was coming to BOP next for me. Um, listen. This movie, I don't care what anyone says. This movie is badass start to finish. (laughs) I know there's no star power. I know the marketing for it was piss poor. But man, fun time. I thought thought young people were going to have a ball with it. I thought, okay, people like Deadpool for the raunchiness, the rated R, the jokes. This movie, I thought people would like it too for the same reason. It's not as raunchy as Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Um, it didn't really need to be rated R, but man, it's fun. The humor in the movie is really smart. It's clever. It's quick. It's funny. There's DC Easter eggs out the butthole. The action is top tier. And man, I thought even you though said butthole, <laughs> <laughs> even though I'm James Gunn's new Suicide Squad trailer, yeah. Um, I thought people were going to like it. And I thought people were going to come out for the first female team up. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I thought people were going to come out for the female team up, written, produced, directed, starring in all female ensemble here. Um, I, I really thought people were going to come out for it and they didn't. And I wanted to, I want, because the, because the whole prompt, the whole reason for the show is, it's not just why did it underperform, but why are we mad at underperform? Why did we want it to do better? Yes. I'm looking to see black canary again. I'm looking to see, you know, Harley and Ivy. I'm looking to see Gotham City Sirens. Um, maybe James Gunn's Suicide Squad will help us get there for Harley at least. But man, mm-hmm. this this movie, I how thought, many days to fandom? Four hundred and eighty, like six years. I don't know. Um, I really wanted Birds of Prey to perform better. Granted, don't forget the pandemic was there was fear already in mid February. Absolutely. And people, people started pulling back. We already started stocking up on toilet paper. And then first week of March. So I'm not ruling that out. No one really talks about it. There was fear back in the end of January. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But that movie was dead after a week. I've never seen a movie that it it just it didn't have any buzz at all, man. And the soundtrack had yeah. a Doja Cat, Megan The Stallion, mm-hmm. Halsey, Normani. There are some A plus. There was the the two singles, Diamond and Boss Bitch, I believe is the first song by Doja Cat, who is outstanding in her own right. Um, those two songs were actually like big. You know who could have saved the movie, right? <laughs> who? Jennifer J Lo. J Lo, baby. First of all, first of all, that was my team. In a bigger role <laughs> with a bigger presence. Yes. Do you know who could have saved it, actually? Who? Better marketing by Warner Bros. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you could have marketed that movie anyway. And maybe so a different release date. I don't know. Marketing, what is that? At Warner Bros. <laughs> what is that? Oof. They're getting better for now, but we'll see. Well, they better. So yeah, so minor birds. So so far we have what? Solo, First Avenger, 
uh, Batman Begins, Birds of Prey, and then Blade Runner 2049. Right. So those are our yeah. first. But Zeddy only did one, right? Yeah, no, I'm waiting for a second one. Yeah, so. Zednik. Zednik. <laughs> this one actually really does break my heart. I know Nico. Oh. I know where exactly you're where I'm leading I to. Do I need Kleenex? No, no, you, you won't might, care because you have not seen this movie. Oh, okay. yeah. You have not seen it's, this movie, um, which you freaking should. Go ahead. Yeah, look, man. Uh, it's Power Rangers 2017. Oh. The best movie of all time. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, man. You guys went Power Rangers on me, man. If, I, if anybody does not know, I am a lifelong Power Rangers fan. I likewise, love this franchise. Bro. From my childhood to my adulthood when they made a movie. The way that they can do CGI and action level sets these days absolutely made me ecstatic. I looked up the cast, man. It is movie had a beautiful cast, man. I mean, Dacre Montgomery, who killed it in Stranger Things. Now Naomi Scott, who I think is rising to star power. They had a, a ranger who was on the spectrum in this movie. Yeah. Uh, they had a singer who I think uh, was like transsexual, like trans in, in the movie. So it was. That would be Becky G. She was, yeah. I think she was, I, I think they were teasing her up to be gay. And yeah. that was a big thing. And so, I mean, I literally, I mean, beautiful cast just in this movie. I mean, I thought the action was well done for what they had. They did not market the hell out of this movie. That was the problem. I don't think it came out right. I don't think the director knew what Power Rangers was or what they should be. So I think from the whole creative standpoint, I don't think the movie was what it could have been. Uh, and I also think that people just didn't care for whatever reason. I granted, I know Power Rangers is a small market to begin with. It's it's smaller than Transformers and anything else that goes beyond. But it, but it wasn't when you guys were young, though, dude. It was. I mean, when but you, now I realize how small yeah. of a bubble I was. If in. I had the money back that I spent on Power Ranger stuff, I could probably travel the globe. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It was the. Here's the thing that the movie does well. I know the biggest critiques are, oh, it tried to be grittier and it took a while to get them in the suit. First of all, when they get in the suit, that is an epic scene. Yeah. I will fight anyone with my fists if you say that didn't. It's emotional. Why are you so violent? The cast is great because I'm pissed about this one. Okay. Because there should be, we should be on the third movie by now. We should be on the third movie with these beautiful people. Listen, this is an example of a perfect way of doing a new take, but pump some nostalgia into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you've got was Brian Cranston as Zordon. Come on. Oh, Zordon was the guy, right? Brian He's, Cranston yeah. as Zordon. Remember that big one you used to have the Zordon? Yes. Now, Elizabeth <laughs> yeah. Banks was a pretty crappy villain. I get it. Sure. But Benny it was, Brent, it Brent was a was coming a together story. And then they teased Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger, at the end oh, that we'll never get to the see. The goat, man. That will never, the greatest Power Ranger of all time. You're damn right, Zenick. We will never get to see that. I'm glad Zeddy put it on here. Because if oh, I didn't, man. I was going to say it broke my freaking Was heart. it a flop? It was that much of a flop? It was a flop. It yeah, was okay. a flop. But the merch money. sales were so high that they considered it. But now they're doing a reboot, which is they're going to do a movie oh. series and a TV show that connect. Because once again, Where's the audience is love shared who? universe. No one knows, but it's uh, no one it, knows yet. No one's property. It's not like it's, it doesn't belong. It, 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 2023 is the early projection. It hasn't been. Uh, it's not like Paramount or. or I think it's Paramount. Hasbro. Hasbro. Who, yeah. Whoever is owned by Hasbro. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. God, I love that you put this on here. I'm so. I know. I, I know. might watch it after we're done here. Yeah. A <sighs> lot, a lot of potential of that movie. I will rest on that hill. So. Have you still your costume? You want to dress in it and run around the neighborhood or yeah, something? Yeah, dude. Not? I'm badass. Red, red and green all day long, buddy. <laughs> there you go. All right, Mr. C, let's let's move it back uh, back over to you. So we got the sure. Incredible Hulk, not oh, yeah. 2003's Hulk. We got, I believe, 2008. Uh, 
the Incredible Hulk, which grossed over two hundred sixty-four point eight million. Wow, what a what a disaster, huh? And I thought gave us the best Hulk that we've ever seen in live action, and and it it's a shame. Who am I to tell Kevin Feige what to do? Right, I I can't. But I wanted Ed Norton to continue on in this role. I thought this movie with Tim Roth and the abomination and the story and the casting, it was just such a perfect Hulk movie for me. Mm -hmm. But again, I think coming off the first one, which wasn't particularly well received, I, and I'm surprised because you had the after credit scene. This will go against my argument of where Iron Man, but hell, I mean, I wanted to see the dynamic between those guys carry on and go forward. And for the life of me, I don't know why. Do we know that Ed Norton didn't want to continue or was it his choice no, or was, was it, what was the deal with that? I, I'm sorry. I didn't do my own. I, I forget. It was something along the lines of he wanted more creative control. Didn't like the direction. Okay. And then mm -hmm. I forget if he quit or got fired. I, I forget, but there yeah. was, he didn't, I think it was, he didn't like what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. okay. So I'm not I'm not sure. All I know is he, that's a that's a good movie, and and our guys Carlos and Pete are high on it. They both have it yeah. in their top five. I haven't revisited it in years, yeah. um. So I got to check that out again because uh, I think it's going to be Tim Roth's Abomination is in the Shane Chi trailer. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just wow <laughs> when I when I when I think of the Hulk, like I I pretty much gloss over everything in the MCU. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just kind of think to myself that I, I don't know, this was really a perfect Hulk movie for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. man. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, I'm going to move over onto this one. Cause this one is, uh, this one's got some steam right now. It is, uh, Shazam. Yeah. Mm. So this one made 366 million at the box office. Now, granted, I know at the time. I know we were all hyped going into the movie. It seemed like a crowd pleaser all around. It had a tone that people were begging DC to adapt. Begging DC. When they gave us the tone, nobody showed up for it. The irony in this one. Now, I know Shazam's not at the level of half the MCU characters. I get that. I'm sure Endgame played a big, big uh, marketing thing in that one. Everybody's had Endgame on their mind. That's fine. It was probably the release date needed to be maybe later in the summer. Maybe should have put it in, in the fall. I don't know. Uh, but I think this movie has so much heart. It It's such a great time. The cast is beautiful. They're all coming back for it. I know we're getting a sequel for it. But, I mean, when you got a movie like Ant-Man, who is sounds like the most obscure character just in comics, and he makes over $500 million. I don't know why a Shazam movie couldn't at least make $500 million tops. So it does break my heart that this movie didn't make uh, more money. I have a feeling hopefully that the sequel will do better, but I still consider this a movie that underperformed. I wouldn't say flop because I'm sure 300, you know, almost close to 400 million is still a lot of money, especially for a character that people probably didn't even know existed. Uh, but when you got when you got all your eggs in one basket, you give people the tone that they want. You give people a movie that is enjoyable, that is worth going to the theater to see. I still think that it should have made a lot more than it did. So surprise me. I thought yeah. it was going to do a lot better. I thought it was going to resonate with the young people and 
I'm at a loss. I wonder if it just showed you the state of D- where we're still kind of unsure on what the state of DC is for the mainstream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, the audience buying wasn't there for DC. Nope. Clearly, it wasn't. That, that that's a fact. And also, maybe the shows. And granted, we're fine going forward, but at the time, because I think because the MCU is so established with its core characters, you you could succeed with an Ant Man, whereas. And for DC at the time, the big heroes were besides Wonder Woman were it seemed to be in shambles. So they tried to do this obscure character that didn't work. So maybe we'll have to see how the how the narrative around DC has changed. It was um, it was a high risk global award. It's supposed to be the opposite. What thing. was honestly God? What was? Am, am I drawing a blank here? Besides Wonder Woman, was Wonder Woman the last technical technical? What word I'm looking for? DC release? Movie? Aquaman. No, was Wonder about- Woman. Sorry, was Wonder Woman 1984 the most yes. recent? Yeah, film release. that's it. So, yeah. Suicide Squad, and then we gotta wait till the Batman, Batman, right? Yeah. Are gonna be the test now. Batman, I think, will be fine. Uh, because right. Batman, but then for some of these more obscure properties that aren't these big films like Flash or Aquaman, and you got Black Ahead on. Can people? Will people come out for it? I, yeah. I hope because the non-big characters. They didn't get the job done the first time, looping birds of prey into that. Yeah. Way you to know. Go. Mm-hmm. All right, Nico, you get the grand finale here. You, mm-hmm. you let everybody wait in anticipation here. What is your third underperformed movie? Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I'm kidding. I I'm freaking kidding. I'm knew kidding. it. I'm kidding. So I have two. Hey, that movie was two billion dollars. I'm just movie kidding. I have to sleep sh- and everybody because knows. it makes it a clean 10. I have two. Stop it. I have two. <laughs> One, I'll be quick. Um, <laughs> But the other one I won't be quick on. For me, and it's it, this movie was made differently than the other ones in the franchise. Oh, I know where he's going with this. But it's also the best one in the franchise, in my opinion. And I, I thought for the same reason Shazam was going to resonate with an audience. It's Bumblebee. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you look at the money the, that the Transformers films make, it is stupid. And they all get crucified, right? There has not been a critically successful Transformers film since I believe the first movie, right? And yet it did they're they're they made buttloads of money and then they made a real intimate, well-written, well-directed story written by Christina Hodson. Fun fact. Um, so I have two of her movies that underperform on here, which makes me weary of the flash. <laughs> Just kidding. Whoa. Uh, but but I love Christina Hodson. Bumblebee is the best Transformers movie because it actually has a really strong plot and Haley Steinfeld's great. Bumblebee's great. Voiced by Dylan O'Brien. This is, this is wonderful. It's a great movie. I have a ball with it. It's my favorite Transformers film. I get it. It's not as big and grand. It's more intimate than the others, Mm -hmm. but it's such a great warm movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised maybe because there was an explosion, the teens weren't going back. I don't know, (laughs) but to see it, it was only what 400 something, right. Mm -hmm. As compared to the 800s to the, Mm. higher bills that some of the other ones were making wow 468 yeah i thought people and now granted that's a lot of money but for a smaller budget transformers movie but i thought this movie should have been huge you know why it wasn't why it needed shadow labeouf well (laughs) careful well this guy's this guy's gone yeah that guy's gone at the time he wasn't canceled yeah but he's gone now if and you had amber heard today cast well aquaman still made a bill though um Yeah. And here's the real last one. In the Heights. Oh. It's a recent one. I love in that. the Heights. Best yep. movie of the year. 
holy heck mm-hmm. i am so disappointed at the mainstream audience for not seeing this thing i'm not going to talk into why i think it underperformed or not it is so disheartening to see this is your heights. let's go marquee show that doesn't follow the formula of uh of the vigilante 39 no it was movies that underperform i could have put freaking <laughs> sea biscuit on here if i wanted to it Which actually comes, did it all well. comes back to Toby McGuire. All yeah. comes back to Toby. No, man. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, there's a trailer for Boss Baby 2 on the screen right now, which he was the narrator of Boss Baby 1, I believe. Um, fun know. fact. Uh, it's in, in, and one is in the Heights right now. One is in the Heights right now. And I'm and if follow me on Twitter, you you know I feel that way. But man, yes, this movie should be should be a hit. It should have been a hit. It's a shame that it's not because it quite literally should have been a hit and now it's going to be seen as a movie like that can't work which is going to hopefully not but it probably will it's going to set hollywood in in different directions again because they're so reactionary man you do have west side story coming up though yeah but it's kind of a more familiar story and it's and it's spielberg yeah and it's spielberg right yeah i agree with you i loved in the heights i'm I'm shocked that it did better than it did yep yeah I agree. Please cast Melissa Barrera as Jessica Cruz. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. There you go. Please. Talk about A-plus perfect casting please, at the moment. Please, please, please. please. Spot is, that is that show still going to happen, by the way? Uh, maybe. We'll, we'll find out in... Uh, in nine years. We'll find in out. In nine years. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, but all right, guys. Yeah, so those were nine movies, man. We did yeah. nine underperformed movies that we thought should have performed better. I think these were all really, really great choices. Uh, please let us know what you guys thought about the movies that we selected. And if you guys have ones that you thought yes. uh, underperforming should have performed better, let us know at Vigilante1939 on Twitter. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you guys if you guys want to let us know. So, But, guys, that's a great way to put a pin in this week's episode. But before we get on out of here, Caruso's Mr. C, Nico, Mr. C, please plug everything that you got going on. Uh, in the podcast realm and where people can find you on Twitter. Sure. You can find me at N Caruso jr on Twitter. And I'm asking everyone to please give us a follow with a great new show. I've got going on with our good friend, Rob Myers, Nico kiss podcast called right between the eyes podcast, RBTE podcast.com. We've got the first two shows up where we talk about uh, our love for the group. Talk about the 25th anniversary of the reunion tour. And as we are, Recording this, A&E has got the two-part history documentary that begins tonight, Sunday. Nice. Part two is tomorrow, and you can better believe we're going to be covering that on the podcast. You can follow me at Nico Caruso, N-I-K-K-O-C-A-R-U-S-O on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Come find me complain about In the Heights. There's a massive spider on the wall right there um, that wow. just caught it's my Toby. attention. You it's know Toby. what, dude? It's, That's such a sign. speaking That's to us. That's such a sign. <laughs> oh, my That's God. That's such a sign. Also, speaking of, why does fan art keep making him old with a gray beard? He's literally younger than both Robert Downey Jr., Paul Rudd, Paul Bettany. Uh, I think he's younger than Cumberbatch still, right? Because Cumberbatch is getting up there. Um, wow. That's got some big legs on it. That yep. looks like the one that bit uh, Garfield. Not I'm going to take that. Bit Garfield. Mr. Z, I'm going to take this as official confirmation that he is in he, no way we, home. We now have a spider <laughs> in the room, quite literally on the wall. Where's he going? Okay, wait, now he's going up. We're going to Venom. Never mind. It's a symbiote. He's coming uh, for Nico. It's a symbiote. It's a symbiote. Um, <laughs> find all my film, TV, and comic reviews over at www.letsgopodcast.com. That includes uh, Loki and nightwing uh that's a popular book right now at the moment and yeah like my dad said jesus christ i can't stop staring at the spider um yes as as my dad said just follow us find us zeddy take it away see he just said july 6th 
I, I just heard him whisper in my ear. I don't know what that means. But. Oh, man. We'll see. All right, man. Thank you guys so much again. You guys can follow me on Twitter because much like Batman, I'm whatever Twitter needs me to be. You can follow me at Zeddy is. Uh, you can find all my film and TV reviews at letsgopodcast.com. That include uh, Superman and Lois, which I'm having an absolute ball with. Unfortunately, it's on hiatus right now, uh, but it'll come back stronger than ever. Um, you can follow this show at Vigilante1939. Uh, I do want to also plug World's Finest, which is a sub show of this uh, Vigilante1909 that me and Chris Evans from the Let's Go Podcast Network uh, review Superman and Lois, and we'll be wrapping up Batwoman Season 2, Lloyd Helbus. Uh, our last show, we just had Mr. Sion, thank uh, you, to help us break down the throwback episode of Samantha Lois, which was a marvelous time. It was a ball, uh, thank you so much. I love you. that show, thank you, sir. So, um, and then, yes, I do also want to let people know where you can find this uh show, it's Vigilante1939 on Twitter. Please consider leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. The reviews, especially, really do push the algorithm and people finding this show even faster. And I do want to plug our T Public store. If you want to get yourself some merchandise, just search Vigilante1939 Podcast and, can, and help yourself out with something that you may like. But I think that's going to about do it for this show. We'll be back next week. Hopefully nothing massive breaks the second that we are out of here, which probably is the time, 90%. <laughs> but that'll come when it happens. So, But for Nico Caruso, for his father, Nicholas Caruso Jr., my name's Nick Zanick, as Michael Keaton's Batman always says. I want you to tell all your friends about me. We live in a society. <laughs>